Hello, photography lovers! Are you excited for the third part of this interview? Oh, wait a minute. You don't know what you're listening to. Or do you? Well, let me tell you, this is the Fashion Photography Podcast. My name is Virginia. I'm a fashion advertising photographer and also the host of the show. And today is finally time for part three of our conversation with Joel Grimes. So let me tell you about the topics today. He is finally answering the question, what would he do in a different way if he was starting his photography career today? And we also talk about colorblindness because he is colorblind, but he's handling all his retouch by himself, which I think is amazing. And you can hear more about it during the podcast, but there are lots of other things that we talk about. For example, the start of his career as an educator and how this led him to his online academy. He's also telling us how he started his relationship with some of the biggest photography brands. And he shares the best advice that he has for all of the photographers out there. The same advice he would give to his sons. So if you're here for the very first time, go to photographypodcast.net and first listen to our two parts of this interview. There you can also see a little preview of my guest's work. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. It's going to mean the world to us. Now, let's go straight to the interview. It's very interesting for me that you mentioned um, what would you do now. So this is a question that I truly love, but unfortunately I'm asking not that often. If you were 20 years old now, today, first off, tell me, would you become an artist with a camera? And secondly, what would you do now? Yes, I would be a photographer. I think I found what I love and I've been very fortunate. It's never too late to start. Absolutely. You can start at 50 years old. I reinvented myself 10 years ago. In the last 10 years, my reputation and name and whatever has been exploded onto the marketplace. And I was 50 years old when I did that. I wasn't 25. I wasn't like this young rock star coming out of the photo ranks. I was 50 years old when I kind of got my name out there to the, I guess you'd call it the photo community. So no, I would still do what I'm doing. I wish I had another lifetime to do music. I would have loved to have been a musician. But how would I do it different? Well, see, it took me a long time to get to the point where I was at least making a living. I mean, I was starving for a long time, living on macaroni, cheese, and hot dogs. There was times when I didn't have enough money to buy a stamp. I was supposed to send my promos out, but I didn't have enough money for a stamp. I get an appointment to show my portfolio, and I had no money for change. So I would have to find a meter, a parking meter. Mm -hmm. wait for someone to pull out. I'd look and see how much time left on the meter. So if it said 30 minutes, I'd park there and then I'd run in. And often what would happen is I'd come out and I'd have a ticket because it took 45 minutes. I said the saying, it cost a lot of money to be broke because I had all these parking tickets and then I had to pay the parking tickets. And then I just kept getting deeper and deeper in debt, trying to chase my dream. And there were some really hard times there. What I would do different is, uh, let me give you a little tip here. Please do. Let's say you're in a small town and you shoot weddings for a living and you can make a decent living photographing weddings. But say you look at the magazines and you look at the big photographers in New York City and maybe L.A. or in Paris. You look out and you say, wow, I wish I was an advertising photographer or I wish I was a fashion photographer that was in New York City. My advice would be go for it. Hmm. Pack the van, the car, whatever, and go off to New York City. Chase your dream. Here's the beauty. If you work hard, you can be a very successful wedding photographer that takes a skill set. But that same photographer could go and say at 20 years old, go to New York City and be a very successful fashion photographer. 
to me, it's not like, well, I only have one choice, and that's to stay in my small town and be a wedding photographer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that if you want to be a fashion photographer in the top of the top, you can do it. All you got to do is take that step of faith and go for it. And now it's not going to be easy, but it's possible because it's all about how much time you put into your dream. How many hours do you put in? You got to have overcome a lot of things, but it's possible. At 20 years old, I think I had some confidence, but I didn't understand that I could just pick up and go. And I think some people stay stuck and they don't realize it, that they can go anywhere they want. It's funny because you're so open now. And at the same time, I know that you're colorblind. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever felt like this is a burden for you? In early days, I did. But I discovered something beautiful. The greatest single asset I possess as a photographer or artist is my colorblindness. It is the ace up my sleeve. Now, why do I say that? How is that possible? When I have to retouch, make color decisions, all the images you see on my website, I've retouched. I know. I know there is no one around you to help you. Yeah, all my client stuff, I retouch. How is it possible for a colorblind photographer to retouch his own stuff? Doesn't make any sense. <sighs> well, it actually makes a lot of sense when you look at it from this angle. I am an artist and I'm creating an artistic expression in my work that is repeatable. That is something I can repeat over and over again. What I've done is I've allowed my colorblindness to drive me down a path that creates a look that's unique and fits me. And so that's what the art directors look for. They look for someone that's unique. Usually people would say, uh, if I were colorblind, I would go for black and white, but it's not the case. <laughs> You're not completely colorblind, right? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I don't see green at all. Mm -hmm. Reds are very difficult for me to see under certain lighting conditions. Mm -hmm. Pinks, purples look the same, pretty much the same. Anytime I get off the primary colors, I have problems, but I don't worry about it at all. So what I do is I do this. I bring my photograph in so it's daylight balanced or whatever. I bring it in and I just start playing with it. And then I add this, and then desaturate, do that, do that. And I go back and I look at it and I go, oh, I love this. <laughs> I put it out there and people go, you're brilliant. And I think, well, I just did my thing. And people go, how did you do your color treatment? I go, um, I don't know. I just kind of did my thing. Let's just say this. Let's say you're only four foot two and you go through life. You say, I'm really short and you're insecure about your shortness. And in some ways it's going to shape you. But if you embrace the fact that you're short, you have a perspective that's different than someone that's seven foot two. If we embrace who we are, it's going to give us a perspective that's different than most people around us. That's what we want. For example, you don't have to be a gorgeous fashion model to photograph fashion models. I mean, it would be nice if we all fashion models, but you don't have to be. We think we have to be an athlete to photograph athletes. It's not necessarily true. Maybe you have a perspective not being an athlete that gives you something that you can see right through an athlete and you are able to portray them in a way that's really powerful. I guess you'd say you're not enamored by the fact that you got a famous person in front of you. You go, oh, hi, how you doing? So I never ask for autographs. When someone walks in front of me that's a famous person, I just walk up and go, how you doing? I just start talking to them. I don't try to go and say, oh, this person's famous. I got to do a good job or I got to act a certain way. I just go and just do my thing. And I have a passion for what I do. And I think it comes out. They're won over by my passion, not by the fact that I'm drooling over the fact that they're famous. Yeah. But yeah, colorblindness is actually to my benefit. 
Have you been asked to give someone an autograph? <laughs> When I go speak, yes, all the time. Now, it's a really weird thing because I look at myself as just being an average person that loves what I do. But yes, there are people that come up to me and they're really nervous. I usually give them a big hug and I just try to ease them down to say, look, hey, you know what? I love what I do. I'm just an everyday person. But it is an awkward position for me to be in. But it's not that awkward to educate people. So tell me more about the talks and the lectures, how it all started for you. I had an assistant that I was taking pictures. I was reinventing myself. Uh, this is when I was turning 50. So I'm turning 61 this next October. Nice. So I'm turning 50 and my assistant says, you ought to put some of your stuff on Flickr. And I'd heard mm -hmm. the name Flickr back then. I thought it was like you put your pictures of your cat, your <laughs> vacation pictures, flowers. And he said, no, no, no. Photographers are putting stuff up there and you can put them in different categories mm -hmm. and like the black and white landscape or whatever. We sat down and we, I set up an account and then I started putting work up and I put my email contact on there and all of a sudden I got hundreds of emails whoa. and I was like, whoa, I said to my assistant, look what you did. <laughs> This is crazy. And he said, well, you need to get a blog. And I go, what? A blog? I don't like writing. He goes, no, no, no. Like it's not your website, but it's a, it's where you put stuff up, you answer questions. And then there will be less people emailing you for the same question. They go to the blog and they say, oh, Joel answered the question there. And so I put a blog together, started putting stuff up, and the floodgates opened up. And I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I didn't set out to get a big following or a social media numbers. I, I didn't have any clue as to what that was all about. I didn't care about that. I didn't know about it. I was doing my commercial advertising. I didn't understand this arena of photographers that wanted to learn, I just all of a sudden got this influx of invites for me to start speaking. So it just happened. I didn't set out to do it. And then I kind of had to make a decision. Well, wait a minute. This is taking a lot of my time. I kept blaming it on my assistant. <laughs> But all of a sudden, like I said, I just had to make it. I go, well, okay, education. What do I do about it? It just started to snowball. And then first it was Kelby training and then it was Kelby one. They invited me to come out and speak or be a part of that group. And then there was things like the Frame Network, and I started getting Creative Live. And then Adobe, I was on stage for Photoshop World. They invited me to be the artist that spoke along the keynote in the front row, you know, whatever, all the Canon people. And then next thing I get a, a call from Canon, and I become a Canon Explorer of Light. And it just kept going. And I look back and I say, there's no way I could have predicted this. Mm-hmm. I take every invite. I relish in the fact that I can be a part of people's lives. I humble myself in the fact that I'm just an everyday person that got thrust into this kind of spotlight and it could all end tomorrow. My son, he said to me, this was a number of years ago. He said, dad, you're riding a wave, but you know, every wave comes to an end. <laughs> so, so I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I'm not really worried about it, but I do feel like I have this sort of, I guess, a, I'm an ambassador for the creative process and I'm out there speaking all the time and who knows how long it'll last, but I relish in other people succeeding. And if you've been around me, you'll know that. You never hear me say, you suck or whatever. I never, you never hear that. I always come up and say, hey, what can I do to help you live your dream? It's just part of me. My wife's like, you got to think about you sometimes because sometimes I get caught up in trying to solve everybody else's problems and <laughs> trying to get them successful. But anyways, it's just part of who I am. But 
Yeah, I have no idea where this will all end, but we just launched the Joel Grimes Academy. I did 100 tutorials. We've got YouTube, or starting to add a bunch of stuff in YouTube and Instagram and get the word out there. It's overwhelming, but once in a while you need a little bit of a vacation just to kind of put it all down, put the phone down, the computers away, and just kind of regroup a little bit because every waking hour you're doing something on social media or whatever. It's just crazy. That's the world we live in now. It's a different world than when I started. Do you want to tell us about this new project that you have? How can we join, for example? Well, joelgrimesacademy.com is the URL to get to the academy. I also have Joel Grimes Workshops with an S. joelgrimesworkshops.com is my blog. Mm -hmm. Explains a lot of stuff, what I do, uh, academy and the workshops and stuff. But really what happened was I was speaking years ago and I was on the road a lot speaking. I average about 45 events a year. I think you should be very grateful to your assistant. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he's in the other room. He can hear me. He's probably wanting to raise now if I talk about him. So what happened was I started making tutorials. So I would film them and then I would have individual tutorials. I would try to update them. And it got really overwhelming. For example, how do you teach lighting in one hour tutorial? Yeah. Very difficult. Or how do you teach business in one hour For a long time, I wanted a venue or an outlet that I could do, a platform that I could do more. I could talk more on the marketing side, how to get your foot in the door, how to send out promos, how to put in bids, how to talk about usage rights, how to you know deal with clients that don't pay. The Academy gives me that opportunity. So already we have over 100 tutorials with 35 hours of training. We're adding more stuff every day. How to take a picture. I talk all about that. Retouching, it's a big section. Mm -hmm. The business, that's huge. This whole thing I'm talking about, my humanity and all that, I talk all about that. How to be a human in a world that's dog-eat-dog fighting your way through life. That's the newest, latest thing I've been doing, and it's been overwhelming. And so it's really hard to bring someone on because I've done it in the past, and it just didn't work out. It's not that I'm really demanding, but I want someone to make my life easier, right? But that's the whole goal. I'm not going to stand over someone, babysit them. So when you find someone that just takes the task and does it, it's like, oh, okay. Next thing you're saying, what should I do? <laughs> you're asking them, what do I do from here? And they're telling you what to do. I'm also the person that says, if there's a task to do it, I do it, right? And then my wife's like, no, let someone else do that. I needed to bring someone in that understands what a 20-year-old can think like. And so we got this guy, Wyatt, and he's helping me out. He gets behind the scenes. He's taken over my YouTube channel. He's taken over. He's taken over my life. That's what I was going to ask. You need a lot of partners for this. You cannot do it by yourself. You can't. And the other thing, too, is I know that I can learn anything if I put my mind to it. Mm -hmm. But I also know I can't learn everything. Absolutely. And there's only so many hours a day. And every time things change, like Facebook changes, every time I open up Facebook, it's got a new interface and they move things and they do things. You almost have to be have a full-time social media person to keep up with all this stuff. True. And it is overwhelming. But building out an academy is not an easy thing. I would not recommend it <laughs> now that I've done it. If you would have told me how much work it would have been, I would have said, nope, I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> But it's very rewarding, though, because... I have this tagline. It's called, be an artist, live your dream, create an income. That's my tagline that I use over and over again. I really believe it. And I, like I said before, I want to shatter the misconceptions of how we think the marketplace works. 
I remember going to a meeting. I won't say the name of the organization, but it was years and years ago, like 25 years ago. I went to this meeting and it was all photographers. Mm -hmm. And it was an hour and a half of what I called the whining session. <laughs> they were all whining about the industry. Mang, 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 mang. It was all negative. I walked out and someone said, what'd you think? And I said, does anybody have a sword? And they said, what? I said, I need to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I don't think that's how photographers should be. Me too. I think we should sit around and say, you know what? Oh yeah, there's an issue, but how do you overcome that issue? How do we overcome this and get our names out there, get our marketing skills up? How do we do that and not whine about it? The Academy is not just an opportunity to listen to me talk. We have a thing called the Sync Up Cafe, and it's a community where you can go in and you can post stuff, talk about things. If you find a solution for a problem, you can say, hey, I'm on location and my softbox kept spinning on my stupid boom, and here's how I solved that problem. It's a community, people that are interacting, but we also want discounts. Westcott's a huge supporter of mine. I was able to design a modifier. How did you start at your partnership? They came to me. I was on the circuit teaching and they kept coming to me and kept saying, we'd like to partner with you. And at the time, I didn't know anything about partnerships. I was so naive. Their stuff was really good quality. And then finally, I just said, okay, let's do it. I've been with them for probably five, six years. And so I was able to design a beauty dish that folds up. So you can put it on an airplane or pack it up. Nice. I use it all the time. It's really fun. So we're trying to do this where we give back to the academy with through discounts and stuff like that. I have great relationships with Skyloom. It used to be Mac Fun. Skyloom um, has Luminar, one of the programs I used for finishing off my images. We have LexJet. They supply paper ink. We've got Really Right Stuff, the tripod. They're amazing gear. This will probably be down maybe next year, but we'll do some maybe special gatherings that we can do with the Academy people where we all meet up and get to know each other. And what I want is a community of encouragement and where we all can inspire each other. So everyone has the ability to inspire. We also have the ability to tear down. My goal is to inspire and move people to where they want to be, their dreams. That's what this whole Academy is, is getting people to do that. Sounds just great. You know where to find the links there as usual in the show notes? Did you start at learning how to light at school? No, we had only fine art. So no, no oh, okay. strobe. No. Yeah. But lighting is very critical. The thing that I discovered is because I tried to learn how to light early years and years and years ago to learn lighting through techniques, formulas, mm -hmm. lighting ratios, all this stuff, mathematical equations, a flash meter. And I discovered that only about a third of the photographers out there understand that stuff. There's two thirds of us that our brains don't think like that. How do you crack the code to learning lighting without all that? That's interesting. And that's what I teach now. I teach lighting without all that stuff. You learn lighting by being an artist. And I know that sounds kind of weird because you think you should learn lighting through a technical process. And I think that's the worst thing you could ever do because you start building a shot from a technical perspective, and you forget about the artistic. So if you say, I'm going to create an image based on my intuition of what is right and what is wrong by what I think, well, how I feel, that's a much better way. You say, well, where do I put my light? Move it and see if you like it. Take a picture and go, I don't like it. Why don't you like it? Because it doesn't feel right. Well, move until it feels right. And then you come up with this beautiful lighting. People go, how did you do that? What book did you learn that from? 
you go, it just felt right. So that's how I teach lighting. And it's really a beautiful thing. So I always say I could teach lighting to a third grader. It is true. It's not that difficult, but it is a big mystery. I know that you have four kids, and uh, I know that two of them are heavily involved with capturing images. There's three boys that live together in L.A., all chasing their dream of being a filmmakers. Two of them shot video, but mainly Aaron shoots video. Mm -hmm. Ben, my oldest son, he shoots film. He's got a big 4 by 5 camera now. He's doing a lot of film stuff. They're in L.A. right now trying to make movies. They have a whole challenge ahead of them in breaking into a marketplace that's very difficult. But I give them the same advice that I'm giving you guys here right now, and it's possible that they can achieve their dream. It's not beyond their capability. It's hard to see them suffer as parents. For sure. When they can't pay their rent and they're starving, their car breaks down and they can't fix it, or whatever it is, all the problems in starting out. But my job isn't to rescue them every time they have a problem. They have to learn how to fend for themselves and navigate and put together a budget and conserve their money and make good choices and all those things. But they're trying to live their dream. So it's rewarding to see them succeed. And they are doing pretty well, but they're still struggling. I mean, like I said, they're not on the top of the heap yet, but I believe one day they will be. So <laughs> they're the greatest joy and the greatest heartache all in one. <laughs> What's the advice you're always ready to give them and also to our public? What is one thing that I can look back on that gives me the success that I have today? That is that I have put more time into my craft than 99% of the people on the planet. I have outworked my competition. And so I tell my boys the same thing, is that if you want to make it, you have to outwork the people that you're competing against. Now you got to sleep and you got to have a life, right? But what happens is... We waste a lot of time, usually by watching TV or something or surfing the internet, just doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. You got to manage your time, put it towards your craft and your marketing. If you, you said, Joel, I'll pay you $10,000 to give me the secret of this whole thing. That's what I would tell you. Put in more time than your competition. Wow. This interview was super amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on here. It was amazing to talk to this great guy, and I would love to hear your opinion. You can tell us what you think about the podcast in an honest review in Apple Podcasts. You can find all of the links that we mentioned in the show notes. And I want to say big, big thank you to all of you for listening to the podcast and for being such an amazing fan and very valuable part of our community. Actually, you're exactly the reason why we decided to open our blog section and have an interview with one fan per month where we can see more about you and get to know each other. So if you want to be featured in our blog post, just go to our Facebook page and find out how. Thank you guys so much for listening to us today and I cannot wait to see you on Friday.